Welcome to this MGMA Industry Insights Podcast. I'm Craig Weberg, Senior Editor with MGMA. Today I'm joined by Sheila Augustine, the Director of Patient Financial Services with Nebraska Medicine and Wendy Hansen, Support Manager at Nebraska Medicine. Sheila and Wendy will be speaking at the MGMA 2019 Financial Conference in Las Vegas on March 4th. Their session is titled, Utilizing Patient Financing to Drive Patient Experience. Welcome Sheila and Wendy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Could you tell us, uh, could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourselves, what your background is, where you work? Sure. Uh, So we work at Nebraska Medicine, which is an academic health system that is 809 licensed beds. We have two hospitals, and then we have more than 1,000 physicians. We're an integrated health system, and we're a single billing office. So we do all the billing for both hospitals and all of our physicians. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in healthcare business management from Clarkson College. I've been with Nebraska Medicine since 2005. Wendy? Okay, so I've worked here for over 25 years. Um, I've been in the health industry for a long time and have a background in the Um, customer service, the claims area, um, and I've also done some analyst work um, in our organization. The consolidation in the centralized billing um, system is really interesting. I've done a lot of reading about that and the challenges that present, so I'm sure you guys have a lot of challenges every day. Absolutely. So your session at the financial conference is talking about uh, utilizing patient financing and that as a driver of patient experience, we know that patient experience is so important. And of course, financing and, and paying, the, paying the bills is important as well. So as we're moving towards high deductible plans, and naturally that patient liability is continuing to grow, what challenges does this present to patients, practices, and health systems, and specifically at Nebraska Medicine? I mean, you, you hit right on it. The first challenge is, I mean, it's a financial challenge. And with the deductible plans, people can have anywhere from 1000 to $10,000 from a high deductible plan. And so that really is just continuing to drive the amount of AR, if you will, after insurance processes, which therefore just continues to increase costs from statements, from answering phones, and talking to patients. I mean, it's also presenting and making challenges from a patient perspective, because you're really now questioning yourself, do you need to go seek this healthcare, knowing that you might walk out with a bill of $1,000, which, you know, makes anybody think. From a practice and a health system perspective, I mean, the burden is really now you're billing these patients thousands of dollars, and so it's taking longer to get them to pay it off as well. If they don't have HSAs or HRAs, it is definitely just taking longer to get that payment in the door. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And as we've moved to higher deductible plans, reading more and more about this in the literature of you know, people putting off health, uh, 
getting something looked at it or, or seeking health care simply knowing that they can't afford it or they're afraid of what it will be. And I think that the, you know, obviously the um, thought behind the health, the high deductible plans is that people would make decisions based on what the pricing looked like. And, you know, with the lack of transparency that we have right now, we just know that that's not really possible. So um, challenges all the way around for sure. Oh, absolutely. So you both said that you have been working at, for um, Nebraska Medicine for over 10 years and Wendy, you for over 20. Um, how, how much have you, when did you really start noticing a lot of these changes being made and kind of the move to the high deductible plans? Is that a fairly recent event or has that been kind of building momentum over the last 10 years or so? Because that's when I became familiar with it. I feel like in our organization, we have really seen this move in the last two to three years to these high deductible plans. I mean, our personal benefits moved to a high deductible plan two years ago, and that's been challenging for our employees as well as our patients as well. So, yeah, I've seen it happen pretty recently. Um, it's really expanded. And then one of the other areas, along with these high deductible plans, a lot of people have narrow networks, and that becomes a very big problem because they may come here and they don't quite realize that they're not supposed to come here and they're going to be responsible for that entire balance. So that goes above and beyond these high deductible plans as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you guys do anything to help um, educate patients on that? I know that, you know, if they come into your emergency room that that you're, you're admitting them or, or, you know, looking at them, but are there any protocols that you guys have that um, helps people navigate those narrow networks? Um, so we, we, do, we utilize EPIC for our electronic health record and a lot of our plan, almost all of our plans actually, that are built within the system, the insurance plans are marked as contracted or non-contracted. If we are non-contracted and we try to get a financial counselor to speak to the patient, either while they're here or prior to them coming to let them know they're out of network and to possibly try to get a gap exception where we can. So we're trying to be a lot more proactive instead of reactive. Right, and I agree. A lot of these patients come in through the emergency room and a lot of times they come here because we're the only ones that can, we're the only ones that can provide the care that they need. And so it even becomes more challenging when that payer processes the claim as what they consider an in-network benefit rate, but they are an out-of-network plan. So then we have to have, you know, a lot of conversations with the patient about whether or not we're going to accept that as in-network or out-of-network. Um, and then, of course, you know, whatever the result of that is, patient financing can always help them as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So have you, um, you, you mentioned your patient financial, patient financial counselors. Uh, have you been hiring more of that position recently? Have you, have you had those for a while? Have you, you know, have you seen an increase in those positions in your organization? We've had them, so we've had, we had them on both sides in the physician world and the hospital world, and then we, we consolidated together. Um, I will say the financial counselors, we have, it has increased. Um, our staff. So we have gotten more over the past couple years. 
Okay. And to really be focused on several of them could be um, in certain areas and support multiple clinics. Um, we have, you know, one, one or two dedicated solely to oncology. So it's really trying to grow that out. Yeah, I think that that seems to be the best way is that one-on-one -on -one, uh, counselor type of position because you can post information to a website or you can post it into portals all you want. But when it comes down to it, you know, you got to look somebody in the eye and make sure that they understand what you're telling them and what their responsibilities would be. Yeah. We just talked about, you know, how we're helping patients understand their responsibility and helping them uh, pay their balances. Um, what are some of the systems that you, or solutions that you guys have put into place knowing, you know, to, to, to try to help both educate, we've talked about that a little bit, but then actually collect these, you know, patient outstanding balances, how to estimate it, how to help them pay. You said that you had a couple of internal and external um, resources or solutions to do that. Could you talk a little bit about each of those? Sure. Uh, so obviously within any healthcare arena, practice, you know, practice or healthcare system, uh, Point of service collections is a, a really a big driver and a, still a focus that everybody is focusing on right now. And so we have really tried to ramp up our cost estimates and with patients who are scheduled out so far in advance to send them a cost estimate so that they know exactly with their benefits what their responsibility will be. We do ask that they pay that in advance. And obviously, you know, that doesn't work out as much as we would like it to, but being transparent with the patient, that's helped us to in increase our point of service collections. Also with financial counselors as well, being there and then can talk through, you know, we do have financial assistance available and then screening them for that. We kind of already talked about utilizing our electronic health record to guide us between um, non-contracted and contracted payers. We do utilize our patient financing that does help patients as well because they can pay things and take over two to three years to make payments. Do you have anything additional? I think that's about it. And we also have a, a website and a portal that patients can utilize uh, to check their balances and set up payment plans and ask questions of our customer service department. Um, so that's another area that we have as a resource. Um, and what I'm seeing also in the industry, I see a lot of people trying to do similar things to what you're doing. Um, I was going to ask about that uh, uh, cost estimator and price estimator. Is that uh, focused in a lot on the specialty practices? Do you have anything that also you do that for the primary care or those kind of those specialty services? No, we can, we have it built in to do it for anything. So I would say we really focus on, you know, radiology with the pets, MRIs, the oncology patients as well. Anybody, I mean, we can definitely pull them um, at any time for anybody, but really I would say our first, Focus is usually on hospital admissions versus, you know, just a clinic visit. That makes sense. 
So your session in Las Vegas on March 4th is going to be talking about the patient, patient financing specifically. We've gone through some of the things that you do to help them get into the right, um, make sure they're covered, get their cost estimators, have them understand what their potential liability is going to be. There's often cases, of course, that they just can't pay it or can't pay it right away. So, and that's where the patient financing, um, you know, it, it comes into uh, to practice. I was going to have you talk a little bit of what that about what that patient financing um, program looks like, and you know how that's been working for you. So we rolled it out in October of 2016. So we've been on it for two years, which doesn't even seem possible. Um, the per, the individual the vendor that we chose to go with, we looked through a few vendors and the one that we chose to go with, we were actually their first um, SBO client in Epic. So the single billing office where we had, we were sending hospital accounts and physician accounts that would be financed. We really worked with them to um, set up the financing plan. So we chose you know, certain balances under $10,000, you had to pay it off within two years. Anything over 10,000, they had three years. It's, we really sell it as a line of credit. It does not go against their credit. We don't, you know, you can't, they don't credit score or anything like that. It is simply a line of credit being offered. We get funded by the bank within 14 days after sending the account. We are fully funded 100%. And so therefore to us, the balances are now zero. And the bank is actually sending them their statements and the statements say to call them with questions on their balances or to pay things off. So we've really come out of the piece now of answering those questions. Um, our, Especially for the patients, initially when we went live with this, they were very leery. Why are you doing this? What, what is the line of credit? How is this benefiting Nebraska Medicine? Why? What? What? Who? Who are these people? And so really now, two years later, it is completely common for someone to call when they get a new balance and just say, send it to the bank. Now, they're so, it's, the financial counselors really focus on talking to patients about it up front as well. And so that when they do get their bill, we don't really have to go through the whole explanation again. That sounds like a really interesting program. And it's, I'm sure that it's helped your position immensely of not having to worry about all that, you know, accounts receivable. That sounds fantastic. So the title of your um, session again is patient financing to drive patient experience. And that patient experience piece is the one that we haven't talked about yet. And you started to get into there about the confusion and the questions, but over the last couple of years, have you noticed that patient experience being better? Have you noticed it in any, any of your scores? You know, can you make any comments about that, about the patient experience side? So our patient experience is definitely important to us. And I feel that our scores are showing an upward trend I think that their confusion over the years that we've had have had these programs implemented has reduced. I mean, we're better at selling it. We're better at talking about it. We understand it better. So that just, you know, trickles down to the patient. 
Um, so I think that, you know, when you have lots of options for a patient, it really gives them, you know, the feeling that you care about their future, you care about their abilities, and you care about their health. And I think that that really is important in our industry. They need to know that, you know, we're not just some business. We're, a, we're here to care for them. Um, and at the same time, in the background, we are a business, but that's not the big thing that we want the patients to focus on. Um, so I think that, you know, just having a lot of options really has driven our patient experience, and we do see an upward trend in our scores. So I think that it is, it has been successful. And I think that the whole program, as you describe it, the, you know, the estimates, the uh, financial counselors, the online payment options, the financing options, I think that all goes into it and that helps drive that total patient experience. So that makes a lot of sense. Are you aware of um, if this program uh, through your vendor is available to smaller practices as well? Uh, I would say yes, because I know when we went live with them, we, they had clients who were only hospital and clients who were just physician-based. Uh, this is really fascinating. I, I, I think that uh, it sounds like it's been a great success and your patients are benefiting from it as well as your organization. And I think that's the, you know, that's the silver bullet that we're all looking for. Um, do you have any words of advice for listeners when they're looking for so solutions like this to help them navigate the challenges of increased liability? My words of advice, I think we were very successful because the vendor that we selected really drove the program. They drove the project. They took care of like getting things implemented, telling us what other places were doing and having those very candid conversations, this is or isn't going to work. So if I would give words of advice, I would really be looking for a vendor that is going to take an active approach in helping you build this because the onus cannot just simply be on the practice group or the health system. It's got to be a two-way conversation. Okay, great. Thank you for sharing these insights. Uh, really interesting case study and it's, uh, I think that our listeners are really going to enjoy our listeners are going to enjoy it and our attendees at the financial conference are really going to enjoy your experience. Before we close, I'd like to point out that Sheila and Wendy will be sharing the insights like these during their session on March 4th at the MGMA 2019 financial conference in Las Vegas. Again, their, their session is titled utilizing patient financing to drive patient experience. And I think it goes beyond patient financing. It goes on to kind of the whole system to drive patient experience. So uh, thank you again for sharing these insights. It was really interesting. You can learn more about the conference at mgma.com slash events. You can get signed up there and we hope to see you there. Thanks again, Sheila and Wendy. Thank you. Thanks.